My name is David Hernandez, and you're listening to As the Pokeball Turns. Welcome to As the Pokeball Turns, where we interview people around the community on how their Pokemon Go journey started, where it has been, and where it is currently going. The Pokemon franchise is filled with passionate fans. Could anybody imagine that an idea centered around bug collecting could evolve into the multi-billion dollar franchise we know today? With video games, card games, toys, and apps like Pokemon Smile and Pokemon Sleep, Pokemon has easily become integrated into every part of our daily lives. And then you have Pokemon Go, where its central idea is to go explore and live out our dream to become a Pokemon master as if we were still 10 years old. Pokemon Go has, of course, brought this opportunity to many people with stories about meeting new friends, seeing new places, and even starting content creation. On April 14th, 2021, two friends' Pokemon Go journey led them to starting content creation through podcasting with the goal of simply making people sick of listening to them talk about Pokemon Go. Little did they know that people found them entertaining and the podcast would still be going strong to this day. One tradition the two have on the show is they start with an alcoholic beverage at the start of each episode. If you're feeling daring, take a shot every time someone says Pokemon... Actually, wait, don't do that. You won't make it. Never mind. We said Pokemon 28 times in this episode. Don't do that. But anyway, from Los Angeles, California, he is the co-host of the Wheelords podcast. Here's his origin story into the world of Pokemon Go. This is It's Like Crack, Yo. Today, I'm joined by one half of the Wheelords podcast, Richard. Richard, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. For sure. And before we do begin, I know that whenever you have to record with your co-host, that you usually have to hold back your Pokemon fandom. So I want to let you know before we record, from one Pokemaniac to another, you have my permission to get as nerdy as you want when it comes to Pokemon Go today. Awesome. How exciting. It's, it's going to be more, trust, it's, it's going to be more than Pokemon Go. Well, we'll get there. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I just wanted to throw that out there so that way you don't have to hold back. I'll probably likely get most of the references you throw out today. Oh, that's awesome. You'll know every Pokemon I'm talking about. That's normally not a thing for me. (laughs) Now, one thing I wanted to ask as well is like, so you're known as It's Like Crack, yo. So how is is Pokemon Go like crack for you? It's not even about, well, it is, but that's not even where the name comes from. That name came from an old tagline I used to say on MySpace. And that pretty much just ages me. Ever since then, I use that as my handle for everything ever since you look it up and going all the way back to there. I don't even know if they kind of still active anymore, but that was my screen name. And that's what I've used for just about everything up to this point until I realized how bad the name might be. So I don't know if I'm going to change it anytime soon, but at the very least, it does apply to Pokemon because I've been playing the game since the games came out. It is a very addictive franchise, although it's definitely not related to Pokemon. Just me being dumb. 
So we got to go and move into the story. Like, how did you first start playing Pokemon Go? When did that first happen? Immediately. I have the day one, July 6th, 2016 guide. And I hadn't even known about the game because I remember Pokemon Go stemmed from an April Fool's prank situation on Google Maps. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I think it was in 2014 or 2015 where Google Maps put Pokemon like all over their map and you have to go to different sites to see where they are. So then, a couple of months later, there was an announcement, because I remember I was in this one situation where I had heard of the announcement, and I posted it on Facebook saying, I'm going to need one of those external battery packs, because I know this game is going to drain my battery. The game finally came out, and I remember I was doing a volunteer intern situation at the time, and I went straight to the bathroom, and I downloaded it, and I was just playing ever since then. So you were ahead of the curve because I didn't hear about the battery packs until way, way later, back when raids first came out. Basically, like ultimately, I never got the battery pack, but I just knew I would need it just because of how much that game would be on my phone. And running something like that all the time is definitely not battery friendly, as most of us know. Always plugged in, especially while driving. I mean, while walking, especially while yeah. walking. <laughs> <laughs> So when it came to Pokemon Go, where were people playing? Were there a lot of people like we saw on the news and everything? Like, where did you go to play? Yeah, I joined those crowds. So I'm from Los Angeles, and I went straight to Santa Monica. It was packed. Other than that, where I live in the San Fernando Valley, part of Los Angeles, it's still pretty lively out here. There's not the amount of Pokestops like you would get like in a metropolitan city, but I have a lot to work with here. And when Wayfair came out, I made a lot more Pokestops from that. So I just play here. I play a lot here, and there's a lot of spots to grind here. There's two big ones, one in Valley, in this place called Valley Village. It's called The Wall. It's next to Los Angeles Valley College. And then there's also the university that I went to for grad school, Cal State Northridge. I think that's the best place to play Pokemon Go. And I'm sure you've been to a university campus over where you're at, but typically I think most university campuses have some really good grind spots from what I've seen. Now, give me some insight. Like, what is it your community like where you live? Like, do you all have a very active community? Do y'all do PvP, raid? What is it like over there? I don't know anymore, to be honest. COVID really changed everything. I used to be part of this group on Slack, SFV Pogo. That was a pretty big community. There were like little factions that played together. There were raid trains that went throughout different parts of the valley. Sometimes I even ran my own raid trains because I did do a lot of the Wafu raiding where you would jump in. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I miss Wafu raiding. Yep, that was a good yeah. time. <laughs> For real, it was wild. Like if it wasn't a shiny or if it wasn't a hundo, you just bounce. It wasn't worth trying to catch. And I was generally pretty active on my side. Let me interrupt you real quick. So for those who are listening and y'all don't know, like what the hell's Wafu? So it's not the girlfriend that you're thinking of. Wafu raiding is usually... <laughs> Waffle raiding is usually when you basically go from raid to raid. You'll usually jump in, wait till the timer starts, or wait till the battle starts, and then you drive off into the next raid. And usually by the time you get to the next raid, you're already on the process of trying to catch it, or you try to run for it, and you rinse and repeat until you get millions and millions of XP and hopefully a hundo or a shundo. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, it's pretty much correct. Yeah, it was the best when there was a double XP event going on or a Stardust event going on because you just get completely busted with all these benefits from the raids. So that was how our community used to roll around. When PvP was also a thing, but I never participated in them back then because back then I didn't like it. and Well, I still don't like it. But back then, I just never participated in those particular subgroups or sub-factions. So you talk about how you don't like PvP. So how do you play Pokemon Go? What's, do you collect? Do you try to go out and grind? 
don't get me wrong. I say I don't like PvP, but I still play it like a madman every day. But it's just because I'm not good at it. That's why I don't like it. But I still like it. But it's just like it's one of the, it's a love hate relationship. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, I'm pretty. I would say I'm pretty versatile in how I play the game because I'll do the PvP. I'm never good at it, so you're never going to see me at a tournament. I play the game when I'm walking my dog, and I typically walk an hour a day. So I do my daily incense, and then when there's a big event like Community Day, I'm out for those three hours. How familiar are you with Pokemon? Like, where did it all first begin, even before Pokemon Go? When did it all begin? 1997 or 98? Oh. Yeah. Day one or from day one. Not want to say day one-er. I'm, I would say gen one-er. I didn't play the game right away. I, I didn't have a Game Boy at the time. I was still a little poor. And then eventually I did get one. And then I got Pokemon. And ever since then, I was into it. And I've been on it ever since. Well, no, that's not true. I took a break when Gen 3 came out because I was not impressed with Gen 3. And then Diamond and Pearl came out and I got sucked way back in. Diamond and Pearl definitely just brought me back into this in full force. Got hundreds of hours of my playtime, especially what made Gen 4 a lot more epic was when it was the same generation that saw the remix of Gold and Silver, which were also very good games, or Such some of the best games. games. Yep. Yes. They've aged so well. Like I wish I could play them or restart them, but I don't want to mess with my game files. But for the most part, like all of those games combined, I don't even know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like over a thousand hours I've played on all of them that's easily my favorite generation just because it has like everything no that's fair like it's hard to beat hard gold and soul silver and for me i loved from hard gold and soul silver all the way to black and white too i love that timeline of pokemon history to where i enjoyed all those games between that i think that'd be a six year time lapse yeah of just being able to play those six different games like i love that whole entire time span so that's that's interesting because I actually did not care for Black and White. I didn't care for Gen 5 at all. I would say I like it less than Gen 3. I still played it just because at this point I'm going to be a completionist. I remember times when I would be playing and I'd just be falling asleep. I don't remember the story. Like for me personally, it felt like Black and White was just... I always thought it was rushed, but I always just felt like it was a rush game to capitalize off the success of Gen 4. Because the games look still extremely similar. Yeah, they do, because I think at that point, you could tell the game graphics were at their peak. Not peak, but mm -hmm. they're at the limit for that system, because I think after that, that's when we moved to 3DS, and that's when we got X and Y, I believe. If those games had maybe come on 3DS, they probably would have been more well-received, but because they came on the DS, it just seemed like it was past the prime of the system they were on and what was available at the time. I think it would have definitely benefited from being like a launch game for the 3DS rather than squeezing out another generation onto the DS. But GameFrame makes certain decisions. We can only just abide. I was going to say, we just pitch out our money and still buy it anyway. Pretty much. <laughs> like, look at the marketing for Scarlet and Violet. It was pretty terrible. They didn't really give much information, but we still went out and bought it. Do you have a favorite Pokemon at all? That is a question. I That is a funny question because my partner asked me the same question. I would say it's a hard toss-up between Charmander and Eevee. I'll choose both. I actually grew up on Team Charmander for the longest time. And I think only a couple of years ago, I started getting more into Eevee just because I think there's something beautiful to be said about the fact that it has the potential to be pretty much anything. And it can adapt to whatever environment and just become something else. To me, Eevee is just like a metaphor, and so I think I got really more into Eevee over the last couple of years, especially after Let's Go Eevee came out. Eventually, playing Pokemon Go, and you got into PvP, right? 
Yeah, I got into PvP a couple months into the pandemic. I still barely understand move counts. I barely understand any of the terminology like breakpoints. And then you have to count moves and really know like move counting and what else. I rarely ever hit expert. I always hit veteran. I don't really know how to make teams. I end up watching a video on YouTube and try to rip off whatever YouTuber is doing. And then I end up not doing good with them because they're just a lot more talented than I am. So that's me in a nutshell in terms of PvP. It's just like, admittedly, I thought I would have gotten better a couple months after I started, but I still haven't. But at the same time, it can be fun. That's pretty much how it led to me doing my own, not my own, but our own podcast, because that's all me and my friend do. Just talk whenever we get together, talk about Pokemon. Do you have a particular league you like to battle in? Ultra League, an open Master League now, just because if there's any league I know how a move counts in, it's going to be Master League. The meta is a lot smaller. You know, it's just going to be Zacian, Giratina, Mewtwo, Dialga. Well, Dialga is hard to count as a Dragon Breath, but you see the same things over and over and over. So I just familiarize myself with those move counts. Whereas, you know, you go lower and lower into the smaller leagues and there's the meta is a lot bigger. And then I don't really have the time to memorize, not the time or patience to memorize like all these different Pokemon and their move counts. And sometimes I can't even figure it out because like, let's take Azumarill, for example. I know it takes six bubbles to get to some attack, but like the bubbles are like, you know, they're bubbly. So you can't, I don't really know when they start or stop. So one thing you mentioned was that when you turn level 40, the game was not as fun for you or you slowed down. What about it when you reach level 40 kind of made you stop playing as much? I hit level 40. Like, what else is there to do? That was before levels 41 through 50 came out. I didn't think that the XP was going to roll over, so I didn't need to grind anymore. I had heard stuff about new levels coming out, but I didn't know how that was going to work. And I'm like, I'm not going to grind. What's the point? And I probably should have because I could have given myself a big step. But I just didn't see the need in grinding out much anymore. I still played a lot. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say I stopped completely. Like if there was a shiny that I loved that in the legendary raids, of course, I was going to be all over it. I just had no motivation to really go out and grind hard anymore, which was great because I was saving myself like two hours again because I would, as soon as I got out of work, I would go start raiding or planning out raiding. And I was just like looking forward to having that time back. And then Niantic was like, here's level 50. Yeah, but I didn't go back to, I didn't go back to the grinding. And that would happen <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic too, right? I think. No, it happened before. It was November 2019 when that happened? Mm-hmm. It happened right oh, before okay. PvP happened. True. When the new levels, I don't want to say I went out and grinded as much because at that time I worked in nonprofit, so I couldn't waste a lot of money. I just decided to keep it casual, keep it cute, and have looked back since. Unless legendary that I really want to shundo of comes out, that's when I go ham and I hop into every single raid lobby people invite me to. So I know you and your co-host go every community day shundo hunting. Is that right? Yes, almost every community day. Roldy loves the aspect of community more than he does Shundo hunting. Sometimes also because he likes to live in Stardust poverty. He likes to be like on the ground and catching as much as possible instead of jumping from spawn point to spawn point in a car. So it's pretty much me and my partner because my partner also plays Pokemon Go. And we're the ones who just go out and about to almost every hundo that comes out, depending on if it's something we want or not. Well, I was going to ask, like, how many Shundos do you have if you're willing to share? There's Shundos asterisk. I know they're not like... I don't spoof, but there's maps or discords that I follow. So yeah, they're not like legit shundos, but they're my shundos. So let's see. Basically, Uh, they're basically shundos you got from using a map, right? Yeah, precisely. 11? Am I counting right? 11. I got two Machamps, two Garchomps, a 
Golem, Rose Raid, Talonflame, Sylveon, Umbreon. Ooh, Sylveon. Right? Chandelure, and most recently, Dragonite. Nice. I'm very jealous of that Shundo Sylveon. Sylveon's probably one of my favorite shinies with the cotton blue and pink, I believe, right? It's mostly cotton blue. There has a, There's a little pink here and there, but it's definitely more cotton blue than anything. Very cool, man. So I'm going to play a little game with you. There's one thing me and your co-host have in common, and it's that mm-hmm. we're mainly stage Stardust broke. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess what you think my Stardust count is at this very moment. Stardust count. You guys like to live in Stardust poverty. I'm going to place you at... I'll say 60,000. 60K. Oh, you may want to go a little lower. 6K. A little lower. None. No, I'm not that broke, thankfully. <laughs> it's 963. What is the reason? Why? why? Why do you people live like this? It's wild. So for me, I don't do PvP as much as you guys do. You even do more PvP than I do. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I like to power up my hundos. So my goal is always to power them up to level 50. I've been doing that since Gen 2, and that's been my lifelong goal and reason for why I never have Stardust. Makes sense. Wow. Ugh, no. I I mean, maybe I'll probably end up being there just because, you know, the way things are going now with Niantic and how XL Candy is quote-unquote more accessible and, you know, Classic Cups are never coming back. But, like, I'm always like, I don't want to power up something to level 50 if it's not a Shundo because it's going to take forever to get those XL Candies back. No, I mean, that's what I did. I have not powered anything that's not a hundo except for PvP. That's basically how I play. I don't have a team of Tyranitar. I don't have a team of Mewtwo's. I don't have a team of anything. I'll probably wait till I get the Shundos because I'm just like, uh, I don't want to power. I already had to power up a Metagross and an Excadrill to level 50. I didn't want to do it because I'm still holding out for the one day that I'll get a Shundo Metagross and then Drillbur is going to come out and Shiny eventually. I would love the shiny of just everything. And those XL candies are just going to be a pain in the ass to come across again. Well, thankfully, they're more accessible, so it shouldn't be too much of an issue. That's funny. Tell another one. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So you've actually hinted at your co-host named Roldy. And I wanted to ask, like, how did you two guys meet? I stole him from my boyfriend, basically. He's one of my boyfriend's best friends. At some point, he started getting into Pokemon Go. He got into it more than we, like, by the time I started being casual, he just got really into it. Every time we got together, we would just ditch our respective partners and just start talking Pokemon Go all the time. Yeah, we've pretty much just been like that ever since. So basically, both you and your partner share Roldy part-time, is that kind of how it works? Pretty much, yeah. So tell me about how the Waylords podcast started. Like, why did y'all start a podcast? Because we were driving our partners insane at that time. Because we got together, all we did was talk Pokemon Go. It was pretty much just an outlet for us to express, like, every single one of our thoughts about the game, or the state of the game, the events, etc. How are we going to play? Where are we going to do Community Day? All that fun stuff. It started because people were sick of us, and now we want more people to be sick of us. But it looks like people are entertained, so here we are. We're about to, I think we're going to be doing this for two years around the Easter time, and um, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun recording and doing this podcast. I wish I could contribute more because he does everything. He does the editing. He books the majority of, no, all of our guest stars. I just don't do much other than make the occasional Twitter clip, and I do the show notes, and he does a lot more than I do. I still have a lot of fun to just, you know, hop on, talk shit about the game or be happy about whatever event's going on and have a few drinks. Yeah. And that's the one thing I love about y'all's podcast, because y'all start with a drink every single episode. And mm-hmm. y'all, I think the, I think that's the question you ask, like, what are you drinking? 
And it just seems like makes it so casual. Like y'all are just two guys meeting and it allows us to kind of sit at the table almost. Oh, yeah. At some point, he started to just make random intros for our podcast. We just like to have fun. You know, we want our listeners just to know that you're going to listen to two messy guys talk. By the end of it, we're really very buzzed and sometimes even sometimes even drunk because we didn't eat. But it's it's still oh a lot gosh. of fun. <laughs> I was wondering, so is the drinks at the every episode, is that intentional or does that just happen to be just how y'all do things regularly anyway? That's just how we do things regularly anyways. Like in events, like community days, like when we're not shundo hunting, if we are in the community on foot, there's not water in our hydro flasks. Let's just say that. Oh, okay. Mom's the word on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just how we've always been. So we're like, why not? You know, whenever we would get together and drive our partners crazy at that time, we would be drinking and just got worse and worse throughout the night. So we just pretty much kept it. We incorporated that into the podcast. Now, tell me, like, how did the name Whale Lords Podcast come about? Because of the amount of money we spent on the game. Because, you know, in gaming or in mobile gaming, people who dump a lot of money into games, they're referred to as whales. That's pretty much where it stemmed from. Worldies put a lot more money than I did, because again, at that time I was working in nonprofit, so I could only put so much in, but I still put money into it, and that's pretty much where it stems from. Now, yeah, I've had obviously a lot of guests on your podcast, you know, people like JRE, Pokedexy, Lachlan Fish on the Heater, so many. Mm-hmm. You know, who has been your favorite guest on the podcast so far? Oh, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Like, they've all been fun. They've all been a good time. I don't think I can answer that. They've all been great. Some of us have all drank together while we were on the podcast, and we were just going off, and I wouldn't be able to choose just one. I'll say all. Fair enough. Who's somebody you would like to eventually have on your podcast that hasn't come on yet? You know, I was previously asked this, but I didn't know how to answer it, but now I do know how to answer it, and I doubt it would ever happen, but it would probably be Marto Galde. I see his clips pop up on Twitter, and I always laugh, and I know he's very good at what he does. I think that would be a good time, but I also know there might be a language barrier. Roll D Spanish is pretty sure is really good. Mine is like, I would say 60% good. Like I can understand what he's saying, but having to talk back might be slower at that. I don't know if I'd be able to keep up, but I think he would, be, he would probably be one of my dream guests. What was it like when y'all both went onto the Incense podcast? It was so much fun. That is one of my favorite Pokemon Go podcasts. It's one of the first ones I started listening to. Like when I started doing podcasting, I love the concept because it's pretty much the same vibe. They're just four friends who are sometimes also drinking on the podcast and having a laugh. And it was such a surprise or a fun thing when I guess they were taking questions at one point. I was listening to the podcast and then I saw Roldy had texted them or tweeted at them. Hey, do you guys, would you guys like to be on our podcast? And they said, yes. I'm like, whoa, what? So I found out like when the episode dropped and then we just been in contact ever since. And then we had finally been on and it was a lot of fun. We hopped on at noon and I think Roldy was able to take the day off too, but he couldn't drink. I did. I took advantage of it. Do a little day drinking. I justify it because also that was the day before my birthday and I had the whole weekend off. So I just like, you know what? I'm going to start celebrating early. Oh, and yeah. You got yeah. to. It's your birthday. Pretty much. But it was great. It was a really, really fun experience because we had hung out at GoFest Seattle and we were just partying it up the whole night, bar hopping at several different bars across the, the I can't remember what part of Seattle it was at this point. It was the downtown area because it was the pub crawl, right? Yes, 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 yes. We had hung out there. We drank a lot and clicked really well. And it was such an honor to be on. And it was great. Now, you mentioned how you went to Seattle. What was that like for you? It was a lot of fun for GoFest. It was crazy because, you know, they split up the two events. 
they split up the event into two different parts throughout the day. So we did the city experience first, and then we did the park experience and the second half. And we were walking all around. I think we walked from where we were staying. I know it's the gay district, but I forgot what it was called. And we walked all the way from there to where the event was. And I think it was a couple miles. I think it was like four miles. It was, it was a lot of it was walking a walk. over there. Yeah. It was a, yeah. When we got there, like we tried to nap on the grass before the event started. So we were just tired and a little drunk. And we were, you know, it was fun. It was crowded. It was a lot of people and got everything flowed well in terms of signal and coverage. And we were just shiny hunting me and my partner. Roll D drifted off to PVP Stadium, which was general consensus is it was impossible to find. I didn't even know what was there. and Easy to miss. Yeah. But it's cool, though, because it was in an actual stadium. I love the concept, but there could have been better signage for it, because how the hell are you going to find it if there's no signage? For people who went, it looked like it was more of an employee-only section than really an entrance to the stadium. Like, you easily could have missed this. Exactly. Exactly. So I had a really good experience with GoFest. Would I do it again? Absolutely. And I hope it's somewhere other than Seattle, because I would love to have reason to explore new cities. Or if it ends up being Chicago again, I'll go to Chicago. I would love it for it to be L.A. because, you know, easier for me. Home court advantage, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, whatever they do within the country, I hope to go. I was actually intending to go to Japan or Germany in 2021. But, yeah, it wouldn't have mattered because there still wasn't any in-person GoFest at the time. But my intention was to go to that. But I couldn't because I had lost all my vacation time because I had to do an internship for grad school. So I just never went. But next year, I will have all the vacation time I need and then most likely, hopefully, go to either the one in Europe or the one in Japan. Ideally, Japan. Oh, yeah. Japan, you would go crazy in Japan with all the Pokemon stuff they have over there. Absolutely. That's a conversation me and my partner had last night because we were talking about my vacation time. I'm about to hit a year at my current job and I would have had accrued all the necessary hours. And if I'm going to, and I think I get like two weeks vacation, which I'm going to dump all into Japan because if I'm going to go to Japan, I'm not going to go for one week. You You lose a day, two days with the flight there and the flight back. So all you have is five days to experience like a country I've been foaming at the mouth to go to since I was 12. No, I'm going to do I'm going to be there for two weeks. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Richard. If people wanted to check out your content for the Waylord podcast, how could they find you? Like, please plug away. So we have a Twitter that we try to go on at the Waylords with a Z. You can find me on Twitter at It's Like Crackio. That's pretty much where y'all can find me. Slide into my DMs. Who knows? Whatever. Please, you know, listen. If you guys like us, rate, like, subscribe, recommend, all that good stuff. For sure. And for those who are listening, I'll make sure to include links to his Twitter, the location of the podcast, and his own personal Twitter down in the description of today's show. Thank you for listening to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon by going to patreon.com slash as the Pokeball turns or by sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And I'll see you next time. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode of As the Pokeball Turns. I'll let Roldy answer that because I believe you're going to have him on too at some point. Yes, I am. So you want me to ask him that one? Yeah, ask him that one. It's all him. It's a really cute story. It's really endearing or heartwarming. So I'd rather let him answer that.